Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Uh, today we're going to be reading scripture out of Proverbs 16, 1 through 9. Read along with me. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Unfailing love and faithfulness make a for sin. But fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. All right. Thank you, ladies. You guys may be seated. Nice job, Bogey. How many here uh, made a major life decision in college, whether that be the career path or maybe who you were going to marry? Who made a huge decision? Did anyone give their life to Christ during the college times? Or any of those other things. Anyone give their life to Christ? Anyone decide who they're going to marry in college? Yeah, anyone decide what their career path was going to be in college? So major decisions are kind of made in that like, you know, 19, if you're on my track, 35, no, 19 to 25, you know, year old uh, time. So um, Maggie and James, is this the right one? Can we, Dan, can we have this one? Guys, come on down. Yo, Dan, can I have this mic back? Thanks, brother. These guys are going to go do uh, a mission. I think it's on now. These guys are going to go do a mission at UConn. Who watches women's basketball? Yeah? Yeah. These guys are from Connecticut. They're excited. Uh, So these guys are going to tell us a little bit about their mission that they're doing at UConn. Take it away. Yeah. So, hi, guys. My name is James. This is my wife, Maggie. And we are both on staff with a collegiate ministry called The Navigators. Um, and yeah, we both came to Christ through the navigators that God used this collegiate ministry to us. And our slogan, our motto is to know Jesus, to make him known and to help others do the same. And that's exactly what we want to do for the college students who are uh, going away from home for the first time, figuring out what they want to do in life, like Marcus was saying. And we want to get them in relationship with Jesus and uh, show them a better way. So um, we are currently in a fundraising process, and we just love for you guys to pray for us in these coming weeks. We're so close to getting there to be uh, fully sent to work at UConn. And um, yeah, we're about to head home in two hours, and we just love for you guys to be praying and supporting us in whatever way. And um, yeah, we're excited, and we're very grateful that Marcus uh, allowed us to come up. Would you guys do me a favor? Put your hands towards these couple, and we're going to pray them off because you guys are headed to Connecticut today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, Jesus. These guys are newly married. They just had a summer in the mountains, hanging out in your living room among us, your people. And they're headed to Yukon, where also, God, there are people who are called by your name. Would you give this couple wisdom? Would you give them peace? Would you give them strength? Would you support them financially? Would you show them what you're doing in their lives? And would you give them the ability to love whatever college students they're going to get to hang out with? 
We love this calling on their life, God. We know it's from you. We affirm it, and we send them to Yukon in your name. It's your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. You're welcome. All right, so that's kind of a good segue into our sermon. We're in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon, most of it, to his son, who could have been headed off to college. I don't know if there was college back then, but it was a good kind of good dad chat before his son was going to head out into the world. And his dad was very, very wise, and uh, I'm really thankful that the Holy Spirit inspired him to write it down, because now we have the book of Proverbs. And the Proverbs are really, really cool. We like to say, hey, if the reading the Bible is not part of your routine, it should be, right? There's a lot of things that are part of our routine. Some of them maybe shouldn't be. I'm guilty there. I could probably have a few less meals a day. Um, and uh, that fifth one's probably too much. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some things that should be in our routine. And reading scripture is one of them. And Proverbs is such a great place to start. One, because if you have a whole Bible, it's right in the middle, so it's kind of easy to find. Two, there are 31 verses, or excuse me, 31 chapters, and there's usually about 31 days in a month, right? So you can just say, hey, today is August 14th. I'm going to flip to the 14th chapter of Proverbs and see what happens. And uh, one thing that people say, and I agree with them, is a proverb a day keeps the fool away. And I don't know about you, but I have done some foolish things and continue to do some foolish things. I just do things that make my head scratch. And uh, I'm like, that was really foolish. And uh, I need the Lord. I need his wisdom and his guidance. So today we are in Proverbs uh, chapter 16. We are going a proverb or a, a chapter of Proverbs a Sunday. So it's pretty crazy to me to think that we've been 16 Sundays on Proverbs, which is really cool. We've been going through the book of wisdom. These are considered in the Bible, a book of wisdom. I know sometimes the Bible can be really daunting, like, whoa, I don't even know where to start. But in the Bible, it actually kind of breaks it down into different books. And the books of wisdom are Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. And they all have to do with being wise. And uh, I need help in the area of being wise. So I read through the, uh, the chapter of 16, and I came out with this theme, plans, the word plans. I don't know about you, but a common text, like if you look at my text thread, you look at my text thread, a common text I send out to anybody, because I am so social, is this. Do you have any plans? Does anyone social like me? And they text that out quite often. Do you have any plans? Yeah, Maggie, you were, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm an extrovert. And so I text, and I'll be one of those guys that, like, if my first friend says, yeah, I do, I'll go to my second one, and I'll go to my third one, and I'll just kind of keep chucking it out there. Does anyone have any plans? I'm looking for a bonfire. I'm looking to cook something good. I'm looking to go for a hike in the woods. Uh, I like to have plans. Now, my daughter Hattie and her friend Bogey were the ones that uh, read Scripture. Hattie's a lot like me, and my daughter Abishay that was down here playing ukulele, she's a lot like my wife. Both of us, all four of us, have plans. Everybody has plans, right? Like when we were singing that song, Lord, we lift you high, high within our hearts, high within our minds. If you go to the top of your head, you're not going to find much in mind, but or the top of your heart, that's where your plans lie. That's your plans. Everyone has plans. And for me and Hattie, who read scripture, we have social plans. So ever since Hattie got a phone, 
she, we've had to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you have a phone doesn't mean you can make a plan every night with a different person in this town. Okay, she's like her dad. Now, my daughter, Abishay, is a lot like my wife. They have task-oriented plans. So Hattie and I have social-oriented plans always happening. My wife and my oldest daughter always have task-oriented plans. I need to clean this. We need to get this for groceries. Did I pay the bills this month? Did we fix that window? Did you put that screen back in? There was a mouse that came in last night. Did you get that mouse? Did you do payroll? Did we go to the office? Did we go to the post office? I'm like, oh, Lee, cow, slow down. It's a lot of plans. Now, my girl ski race, my son ski race, and we're into ski racing. And uh, you've heard this saying before, and see if you guys can finish it. We talk about it in ski racing. Maybe you talk about it in your context with your kids or as a coach. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Failing to plan is planning to fail. I would actually argue, and then that's a good statement saying, yo, if you don't make plans, that something's going to happen, right? It's just, it's going to happen. That's life. It's inevitable. I would like to say that that song points us to the fact that we all have plans. We do. You know you have plans because how many of you are grumpy and go, why am I grumpy right now? Well, if you follow your grumpiness back, it's because your plan didn't happen. Am I right? That's what happens to me. How many are on vacation right now? And how many have had moments on vacation? You're like, why am I grumpy? I'm on vacation. I shouldn't be grumpy. I love everyone's looking at each other right now. They're like, oh, yeah. right? Because you had a plan and maybe the weather got in the way of your plan. Or maybe a sibling got in the way of your plan. Or maybe a, a spouse, or maybe a parent, or maybe maybe the fact that Black Mountain Burger has an hour and 45-minute wait got in your plan, right? Who's waited in line to eat in this town this week, right? That's a, that's a long wait, and that threw your plans off. So you, we all have plans, and if you don't think you have plans, then when you're grumpy, trace it back, and odds are it's because your plan isn't happening or didn't happen. Wise people make intentional plans. I was on a program in Mexico. Uh, dude, what's up, bro? Is Tim, Tim was leading this. What's up, man? It's Fernando, right? No. Sorry, I'm way off. I thought I knew you. Never mind. I do this all the time. Welcome to the awkward world of Marcus. Thought I knew who you were. Never mind. You're not who I think you are. I'll talk to you afterwards. There's a guy named Fernando that looks a lot like you. Um, anyway, and he is in a program right now in, in, in uh, New York that the leader of that program led my program in Mexico and uh, when I was in college. And one of the things we had to do in this program in Mexico, I lived there for four months, we were in the middle of absolute nowhere, is we had to plan, we had to plan to go on a trip down into a uh, canyon, right? So who's been to Grand Canyon before? And who's been just amazed at how big it is when you're standing on the rim of it? Like, oh my word, that is super big. Well, this canyon in Mexico, called Copper Canyon, can fit three of the Grand Canyons into it. So a large canyon system in Mexico. We had to plan how to go down a river or a stream to find, follow this stream to the bottom of that canyon floor and then hike along that canyon floor and then out a very um, well-used hiking path ac across this thing called the Basasiachi Falls, which is a 2,000-foot waterfall. 
So our job as college students was to plan this trip, how much food we needed, what route we would take to get to the bottom of the uh, canyon floor, where we were going to walk along the canyon floor. Well, our leaders were very quiet as we were making the planning process. They didn't say anything as we were looking at the maps. They didn't say anything while we were planning the food. They didn't say anything as we were planning the drop-off and the pickup. Well, I happened to be the only male on the trip, and there was a bunch of, there's like five or six females. And then I, so I was in a, we were doing like a little tarp thing where I was sleeping in the tarp with the, with the guy director of it. And after two nights on the trip, I was kind of looking at the map saying, man, the canyon floor is 3,000 feet down from us right now. But we're only a mile from the canyon floor. How are we going to make up 3,000 feet in a mile? Well, it got worse because the next day we walked a half a mile and probably had only lost about 300 vertical feet. So now we're 25 to 27 some odd vertical feet above the canyon floor, and we only got a half a mile to get to the canyon floor. My friends and I had read the, um, what do they call those? I can't even say them right. Contour lines. Thank you. That's probably why I couldn't read them. Um, we had read the contour lines incorrectly. And now we had over 2,000 vertical feet to make up in half a mile. And my director goes, yeah, it's about to get really hairy. I'm not sure what we're going to do. We might have to turn around and go back. I'm like, okay. He's like, but we'll see. So I was like, whoa. So we get to this first waterfall. And the first waterfall is maybe like, I don't know, 40, 50 feet. And he teaches us how to repel and self-repel and tie this thing up. So we go down the first one and then the second one, the third one. And it ended up, we started going, going. And he, I think, knew that we were going to be okay. But he was letting all of us deal with the, oh, my word, what did we do? And the last person has to throw their pack off and then lower themselves down and then do this cool thing. So we made it to the canyon floor. But here's the problem. Because of all of these series of repels, we were already, one, a day late, and two, we were in the bottom of the canyon floor outside of the national park. And when you're outside of a national park in Mexico, it's not really a great place to be in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. And so what we did is we walked into a marijuana field, a full-blown marijuana field. And our director was like, yo, everybody, we have to be very quiet. Because if we're found in here, they're going to think that we're stealing it. They're going to think that we're trying to do something we're not doing, and they're not, it's not going to go well. So we just need to get through these fields and back into the national park where we're protected. Okay? So we got through that, and it was creepy, and it was like, oh, my word. We get back into the national park, and we're sleeping that night, and he, he rolls over, and he says to me, he goes, hey, how many batteries do you have for your headlamp? I said, I don't know. He's like, I need your headlamp. Because here's the thing. We're supposed to be being picked up tomorrow midday we're not going to make it and when we don't get picked up tomorrow midday they're going to think there's an emergency they're, they're going to think something's wrong so he goes i'm going to run tonight through the night with your headlamp and my headlamp to the pickup spot so i'm there in the morning and i can tell them that we're okay it's just that we're a day behind i'm like are you serious bro you're gonna run through the wilderness of mexico by yourself he's like yeah i'll be fine just give me your headlamp okay 
And off he goes. Didn't even tell the rest of the group, just me, because he was sleeping with me and my little tarp. Off he goes in the middle of the night, running with two headlamps, I don't know how many miles, up to find out where um, uh, our, our drop-off spot was. Well, I tell you what, that next morning, we're like, here we go. We don't have the guy that we think knows everything, but has kept his mouth shut this whole time. He abandoned us. And we start hiking along this river, and it's absolutely beautiful. And then we could see Bastasiachi Falls, the 2,000-foot falls way in front of us. We kept going. And then the most beautiful thing happened. We came around this giant boulder, and there was Tim coming back to us. This guy has not slept. He ran all the way there, and now he's coming all the way back. And when he came back, he unloaded off of his back cold Coca-Colas and Snickers bars. That Snicker bar and that cold Coca-Cola was so good. Now, why did I tell you all this story? What in the world did I tell you this story for? I told you this story because it pertains to this scripture. We make our plans, but God directs our steps. See, my director in that, in that whole story was like God. My director stood quiet next to us as we examined the maps back in our classroom in Mexico and said, we're going to take this way. And our director could have been like, uh, you do know that that's got 1,500 foot cliffs at the end of that trail? But he didn't. He kept quiet. But without his skill and without his training, we could not have repelled down those waterfalls. He made sure we were safe. And then we got to the bottom of the, of the, the, the canyon. We're outside the national park and we're in a marijuana field where we shouldn't be. Again, he very calmly said, we need to be quiet and you need to follow me through this field. And then the night came when he realized we ain't making our takeout. And so he ran through the night. And then not only did he run through the night, but he came back with good gifts. See, this is our Savior. Jesus is the same way. Jesus knows everything. God knows everything. And the Bible says we can make our plans, but God directs our steps. It says that God plans all things for his purpose, for his glory, for his good. And so you and I, we can make all the plans we want. Parents, are you guilty for making plans for your kids? Oh, well, my kid, they're going to go to this school and study this subject. Oh, okay, good. Did your parents tell that to you? Oh, well, my kid, they're not going to marry that person. They're going to marry this person. You know? Oh, well, my kid, you know, or spouses. Does your spouse make a plan for you? Well, my spouse, they are going to lose some weight. Okay, yep. Well, my spouse, they are going to save financially, you know. Do you like making plans for other people, right? Man, I'm going to make a plan for my, my coworker. I got some plans for my coworker, you know. I got some plans for my in-laws, I got some plans for him. You know, do you make plans for other people? Do you make plans for yourself? Have you taken those plans to the Lord? The book of Proverbs says things about plans, and I'll finish with these things that the book of Proverbs says about plans. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20 says this, He who plans peace has joy. 
Who would like to have joy? I would. And it says, he who plans peace finds joy. Did you know that you can plan peace? You can plan it. We do what we plan. And if you plan peace, anyone on vacation with their in-laws, you probably should prior to the vacation plan peace. <laughs> right? Anyone on a road trip with your children, you should prior to the road trip plan peace. You will find joy. <laughs> that kid was like, yeah, he knows about our road trip. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 22 and 20 verse 18 says that we need help in making our plans. We need wise counsel. We need to put our plans before somebody else. We need to ask someone that we love and we trust. Hey, what do you think of these plans? Kids, ask your parents. I know that's scary. Hey, mom and dad, I, I would like to go to this school. I plan to date this person. I plan to, you know, play soccer this fall. I plan to work on getting my license. I plan, you know, run your ideas, your plans by good mentorship. You know, uh, I have a thing at the top of my to-do list. I don't know about you guys, but I have a to-do list on Google Docs. And at the top of my to-do list, in big, bold, capital letters, it says, pause, pray, and pass it by Heidi. It's my wife. Pause, pray, and pass it by Heidi. And I'll tell you, I don't do a great job sometimes of passing it by Heidi, pausing, or praying. And I just slap stuff on my to-do list. Or I throw things on my calendar. That's not good. I need to pause, I need to pray, and I need to slap it. No, what? I got the slap bracelet on here. That's what I think. Pass it by Heidi. This one was really directed at me. Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, be careful at making quick plans. Are any of you like me? Do any of you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out? <coughs> I suffer from fear of missed opportunity. I am driven by opportunity. I fear missed opportunity. And in the midst of my fear of missing out, in the midst of my fear of missed opportunity, in the midst of my fear of, 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 of missing, I make a lot of hasty plans that aren't well thought through. And I get myself down a creek bed with a 1,500 foot cliff at the bottom of it. Whoops, shouldn't have gone down there. Should have paused, prayed, and passed it by Heidi. Be careful when making quick plans. Take your bulletin. Look in the front. God plans his purposes. God's plan is ultimate. And that either causes you to go, Oh, amen, God. Thank you, Father. Your plans are ultimate. Or it causes you to go, what? I, what about my plans? My plans are ultimate. And maybe you're honest with that. I applaud you. Or maybe you're like most Christians in America, where you try to sneak your plans in while slapping a God sticker on it, hoping that will count. You like that? You like me? We all need to come to a place where we say, Lord, 
your plan is ultimate. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you help me direct my plans? Cool book by uh, a guy named Blackaby. Um, he says in the morning, he wakes up before his feet hit the ground. He says, good morning, God. What are you up to? May I join you? Cool way to start your day, huh? Good morning, God. What are you up to? Can I join you? May that be our prayer. And may the Holy Spirit help us when we go, I want my plan. I want my way. God's plan is ultimate. It is when we put faith, we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. We are saved from our plans. I don't know about you, but I need salvation from my plans because they lead off a 1,500-foot cliff into a marijuana field. That's what happened in college. Maybe your plans are the same way. We need salvation from our plans. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your plan. We thank you that we get to be a part of it, that you are so gracious, that you've saved us from ourselves, you put us in part of your plan, that you have a purpose for us, and your purposes are ultimate. Help us to lay down our plans, to lay down our rights, lay down our thinking, and to embrace you, God, your plans, your holiness, your righteousness, given to us by faith and grace. You are so good to us. Thank you for this morning, Loon Mountain Ministry, your word, the book of Proverbs. Thank you for this group of people that are worshiping you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.